And welcome back to 216 Baseball, Cleveland Baseball Podcast. His name's Alex, my name's Paul. And if your month of May has been a roller coaster of emotions like ours, then you're in the right spot. Let's get into it. Hey, what's going on, birthday boy? <laughs> I'm doing great. Yeah, I. Uh, it is. I'm getting old. I'm 27. Oh, my whole life is just downhill from here. No, it's not at all. My life is great, and uh, it's a rainy day here in Indy, but that won't stop me. Uh, everyone's been very kind so far. Couldn't be more excited to uh, to uh, shoot the ep today, little birthday ep. And uh, so life is good. How about you, dude? I'm doing pretty good, man. I mean, it's it's sunny and 86 degrees here, so I can't relate. Great, because it's your birthday. I'm happy about uh, <laughs> the weather for you. But I'm going to take the reins on a hot topic today that I know is going to be hot for you and anybody else with a conscience. Um, but I'm I'm going to get fired up this time. Uh, so yesterday, I believe it was yesterday in the news... Uh, formally, MLB completed their investigation, whatever actually happened, who knows. Um, if they learned anything new, they never seem to, that's another thing. But, you know, serious topic, Mickey Calloway is a fucking creep. Um, yeah. And he is banned uh, until at least the end of 2022, uh, the 2022 season. And he's been fired formally by the Los Angeles Angels. We knew this was coming. Um, after he was accused by multiple women of sexual harassment and mistreatment. And uh, the Athletic broke this story a couple months ago, I believe, and they had more receipts than they knew what to do with. Uh, text messages, multiple corroborating stories from women all across baseball. Uh, they said, and this is what's really gross, uh, the thing was it was the worst kept secret in baseball, you know, that, that he's this creep. And... Um, yeah, so fuck Mickey Calloway, especially because we obviously always stand him, uh, and you know, the pitching coach God and all that, but I don't care how great you are at sports. I don't care how great of a coach you are, anything, uh, you're a fucking creep and you mistreat men or women, uh, fuck you. And I hope you never play in baseball again. You are a married man, you have children, and we've seen some of the texts and they're gross. They're real gross. It costs you nothing. To not be a fucking creep towards women. Yeah. And uh, the thing is, right, it doesn't matter how good you are at your profession. You can't change how much of a piece of shit you are as a human being. So, um, yeah, he doesn't deserve to be in any type of role in in Major League Baseball. Exactly. And what's really frustrating is that... um, Again, the worst kept secret, right? So people knew this happened, and I won't get into it too, too much, but I do call bullshit on the Indians' upper uh, management, like uh, the you know the president of operations and things like that, not knowing that something was going on because I believe they had disciplined him. Or they didn't discipline him, but nobody had brought stuff to HR, 
And so they use that as a cop-out, and that's a very easy cop-out. But if it's the worst-kept secret in baseball, anybody can stick their hand head in the sand if they want to. And we knew this was going on pretty regularly. And so I call bullshit on somebody at some level of the organization not hearing rumbles of something. And then your due diligence is to investigate it without a formal HR uh, report. Because if all you ever do is wait, you know, you basically do the right thing. And so I am disappointed in that. Uh, there's no hard facts on that. So this is speculation on just my part. But uh, back when it really came out a couple months ago and there were little trickles here and there, you know, not doing the right thing doesn't mean you're completely, you know, innocent just because, you know, you stick. Your I will in. say the Dolans did come out and take responsibility for not doing all their their background investigation on Mickey Calloway before hiring him. Okay. And then they also uh, said that they take responsibility and not providing a environment where people felt safe reporting things. Okay. And I did not know that. So good on them because so that's they're, that's they're, the class act. They they came forward and said that now they're making steps forward into promoting a better workplace for people to come forward and make those uh, complaints. Hardest thing to do is the right thing, and I'm sure people around the organization knew, and um, they need to do better. But good on the Dolans to at least come out and just take it on the chin. Um, you know, it doesn't change anything, but, you know, in the future... People can't stick their head in the sand. Speak up. It's a lot harder to do the right thing, but it's the right thing for a reason. And I'm sure people got some some vibes. And that happened in the Mets, too, and all that. And this really pisses me off because there's already a stigma against women in sports, women being inferior in sports, women not knowing what they're talking about. And then, you know, baseball and sports is already kind of a boys club. I feel like baseball especially is, obviously. Uh, but just even more, that's just my gut kind of feeling in the eye test. And then we learn that this is going on, and this is not good for advancement of the game, for social things, and just equality in general. This is awful. And uh, shame on MLB, shame on Mickey Calloway. Um, and, yeah, he's a fucking creep. Don't be a creep. Yep. So hopefully we don't see him again. So we're always going to stand stand uh women and just people being treated like human beings men or women being harassed so but in better news yeah let's 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 go ahead and turn this around now yeah we're gonna throw the e-break a little bit on that <laughs> but it, it's important and um it needs to be talked about so game one henches versus turnbull you know i think we're all holding our breath a little bit uh just because henches continues to develop and you what know you he goes that gives you long legs Daddy Longlegs, thank you for the correction. He uh, So the Indians come into this one, game one. They're trying to get back in the win column. Uh, they lost the series finale on Sunday to the Twins, and you know that also just lost the series uh, against the Twins as well. So quick scoring summary, bottom of the second, Nico Goodrum hits a leadoff single. Then he then advances to second base on a wild pitch by Henches. And then with one out, Victor Reyes walks. Then Willie Castro doubles. That scores Nico Goodrum. Tigers get an early lead, uh, you know, one nothing. Then, same inning, Robbie Grossman gets a sack fly to center field. Uh, that scores Victor Reyes, and the in, or the Tigers, excuse me, extend their lead 2 nothing. So not a great start here. But top of the third, Owen Miller gets his first major league hit <laughs> via an infield single to yeah, the shortstop Nico Goodrum. He was flying. 
Uh, Jake Bowers also singles then. And with runners on first and second, nobody out. Rene Rivera hits an RBI single to left field. That scores Owen Miller. Indians uh, still trail 2-1, to one, but we're cruising now. And same inning, runners on first and third, one out. Cesar grounds into a force out. That scores Jake Bowers. And Indians tied up at two apiece. So they say, yeah, you had a fun bottom of the second, but guess what? We get to bat two. Um, bottom of the third, though, Heimer Condelario uh, hits a leadoff double to right field. And then Henches gets the next two outs, holding, I'm sorry, it's Jamer. Uh, Jamer at second. But Nico Goodrum singles. That moves Jamer over to third. Then Nomar Mazzara follows suit with an RBI single to right field. That scores Condelario. And that moves Nico Goodrum over to third. Tigers take the lead once again, 3-2. to two. That was a mouthful. Top of the sixth, Ahmed Rosario hits a leadoff single to center field. He then steals second base. That's his fourth of the year, Paul. And with two outs, Harold Ramirez, we're going to hear his name a lot in the series, gets an RBI infield single after the ball deflects off of Spencer Turnbull's glove. That scores Ahmed Rosario, and the Indians once again tie it up, this time at and- three apiece. Turnbull had to do everything he could just to not get hit in the face there. Yeah, complete defense, almost gloved it just on the reflex, but ricochets to, uh, in between just right in the hole, the right field hole there. Uh, stays in the infield, though, but second base couldn't get, or second baseman couldn't get there fast enough. So top of the seventh, Owen Miller reaches first on a fielding error by Jamer Candelario, and that starts the inning. Jake Bowers then follows it up with a single to center field. Rene Rivera then lays down a beautiful sack bunt to advance Owen and Bowers. And Cesar Hernandez then walks. That loads the bases. Ahmed Rosario flies out to center field. It's not quite deep enough to get the run in via sack fly. But a wild pitch by reliever Brian Garcia allows Owen Miller to come home on a bang-bang play at the plate. And that advances Bowers and Cesar over a base to second and third, respectively. That puts the tribe up 4-3. Jose then walks, uh, bases are loaded again, and with two outs, Eddie Rosario clutch singles to left field. That scores Bowers and Cesar. Indians go up 6-3. So great sequence there. And then bottom of the seventh, Victor Reyes hits a leadoff single to left field. Willie Castro then capitalizes on that and hits a two-run laser beam to right field. Just a laser. And that pulls the Tigers within one run. Uh, Tribe's still up 6-5, though, and nothing else happens in this one. That's all we needed to get the series opener win and get back, like I said, in that in that win column. So final box score here, Indians 6 on 9 hits and no errors. Detroit 5 runs on 9 hits and 1 error. Yeah, and uh, Luplo had a great play in the bottom of the ninth here to save the game. Yeah, uh, an amazing diving catch in right field that was uh, the deciding factor because bases were loaded, two outs, uh, and if he doesn't get there, that's the game. Yep, at least it is. At, at very at the very minimum, it's going into extra innings. True. If so, he he lays out, he misses it. Game over. Uh, yeah, but, but if, if, if he, he decides if to he play off to the play drop the bounce, minimum, yep, yeah. But he put his body so, on the line. Great, great play um, by Luplo, um, and also Jake Bowers had another great play in this one. Just real smart heads up baseball. Um, at at 
during a rundown throwing a guy out at home uh, while there was while there was two outs. So yeah, it got um, him out of trouble too. Yeah, and uh, again, I think it was a wild pitch or a ball in the dirt stopped by Rivera, who then saw they tried to get the runner at first, who hesitated, almost was going to go to second, hesitated. So Rivera throws to second. Then there's a rundown. He throws to Bowers at first, and he starts to play the rundown game a little bit, but sees the runner comes home from third. It just snipes him. He's like, psych. (laughs) Yeah. And uh, that's a big thing where communication on the ball field comes into play. Everyone's talking. So uh, great heads-up play. Um, Great defensive baseball is what saved us here. Um, cause a little guess, risky on that play. Game. Yeah. A little risky, but you know what? Highlights usually aren't safe plays. <laughs> yeah. I'll so, tell uh, you. It was fun. It was. Um, couple people here had a lot of hits and runs and production. Uh, Henches, again, he seems to just keep giving us five innings and, and, you know, there's, a, there's some traffic and we're trying to figure it out. He gives us five innings on five hits and three earned runs, uh, three walks, and seven strikeouts. He gets a no decision in this one. A uh, lot of foot traffic. Again, five hits and three walks. Um, not a lot of length either, but he continues to keep us in the game. It seems like every time, uh, this is almost what his stat line is. This five innings, you know, just as many hits as innings, and then some walks. And uh, it hasn't really, really, really punished him yet. Thank God. But he gives us a chance to stay in the game. You know, it's it's not great, but it's something. Uh, the three walks scare me a little bit more, but the seven strikeouts are awesome. And I just hope he continues to settle in. He's young, and we need him. Uh, there's, there's a lot going on here uh, with McKenzie getting sent down. And it's not a secret anymore that Plesak, uh, it has broke his finger. So we'll talk about that a little bit more. So we're really scuffling. And so we needed this, and we need him to keep just locking it in. But he handles it, and I hope he doesn't get punished on some of this stuff. But uh, that's, you know, then it goes to Mejia, who gets his first win. He comes in in the sixth. Perfect inning, one strikeout. So still continues to be perfect, and I believe that's his second appearance. So he gets his first Major League win. Uh, Then Whitgren comes in, gives up two hits and two earned runs in the seventh. Then we give it to Shaw. You know, he gets a hit, he gives up a hit and a walk, but he strikes out two, no earned runs, so he still does it. And then, you know, we talked about the good stuff, but Classe, Classe, Classe had a great showing in the Twins game, or the Twins series there, uh, with the one game we talked all about, I think an inning and two thirds on like 16 pitches off the top of my head, so awesome, right? So he gets another save opportunity. Yeah, I believe this is his first one in a hot second here after Karen Cech blew it the day before. Um, but he, And he starts out the inning with a strikeout, and then a walk, and then a single, and then there's a ground out that puts him on second and third with two outs. Then he intentionally walks Akil Badu to get to their catcher, Eric Cause, who used to be in our system. So still, eh. And then that's when Luplo saves his ass, you know, laying his body on the line and makes an incredible play. So... Still scary, still not the domination we're looking for, um, but yeah, good on loop low, and we get a win, so yep. a win's a win's a win. At the end of the day, it doesn't matter how much you win by. And just win columns, steal as many as you can, and 
and we'll figure it out. But I love Rosario, two for four, with two RBIs. We're going to hear a lot about him. Especially against a division rival. Exactly. And And we need to beat up on the Tigers. while the White Sox are going through a tough spot in their schedule. True. And we just can't seem... We always win when they win, and we always lose when they lose. We just can't catch a break on that, and we'll get into that a little bit more. Bowers went three for three in this game with a walk and two runs. So... He does, and then obviously the defensive gem, and he doesn't end up doing too much else in this one. But, uh, but yeah. So game two though, Savali versus Skubas, Skubas, Gubal, and Savali <laughs> couldn't help myself. Savali coming into this game uh, saw some nice stats on him. He was tied for first in the American League with six wins coming into this start. ERA at three three, uh, tied for eleventh in the American League. Sixty innings pitched. Seventh in the American League, opponent batting average against two eleven. That's eleventh in the league, and WHIP at one point oh two is sixth in the American League. So, not a bad rap sheet. And coming into this, uh, looking to get another win, we need to beat up on them as much as possible. Uh, Savali, for all intents and purposes, has been our most consistently dominant pitcher as of the last week or two. Which, if and, you would have asked me that at the beginning of the season. Aaron Savali wouldn't have even been on my list. Oh, I knew it was in there, but I mean, I would have told you Bieber. And then honestly, I would have said probably Plesak doing some of this. But he's a little baby Kluber. I, I, you know, he's he's a dog. He's always given us length. And he does that in this one uh, where, like I said, we need as many wins as possible, especially as the injury bug is biting hard and regularly. And that's going to be a theme throughout this episode. So top of the first, second pitch of the game, Cesar hits a bomb to left center field and puts us up early, one nothing. This is becoming a theme with him the last week and a half or two. Some of these starting the game off or, or the walk-off in the in the Twins, the third game of the Twins series, and hell little, yeah. Little, little Frankie Lindor vibes. True. So top of the fourth, Eddie Rosario singles to start the inning, then Harold Ramirez doubles. There's his name again. Uh, both of these people have a great series. So now we got runners on first and third and nobody out. Owen Miller gets his first major league RBI via ground out to first base. Um, so, you know, maybe not that RBI uh, single or anything, but an RBI is an RBI. So we love that for him. Indians extend their lead to nothing. And then we don't see anything for another four frames where Ahmed Rosario gets hit by a pitch to start the inning. I believe he gets pulled uh, after that. He was in some real pain. But J Ram hits and hit him like right in on the wrist on yeah. his on his right hand, right right on like that that bone right there, and it looks oh. painful. Yeah, that is not it. Um, so J Ram hits into a fielder's choice for the first out, and that moves him. He moves over to second on a wild pitch. Uh, so scoring position or not, it didn't matter, Paul. It didn't matter if J Ram was on first, second third and between those bases which isn't how baseball works because luplo hits a two-run bomb to center field to put us up for nothing that's karma coming in from that play uh the game before that game saving catch the baseball gods put that boogity boogity on it and they were like go off king and he needs that too because we haven't been hearing his name much at all and it's been a hot second it seems like since he's uh, done anything on the offensive side that you know we're going to get real riled up about and, and so he went before that i want to say he was oh for three with three strikeouts before that home run yeah 
in the game so, before. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, during this game. So that was his. Uh, that he got that home run on his fourth at bat. He was zero for three, leading up to that. And uh, oh shit, you're right. Yeah, yikes. <laughs> so, so, but guess what? That two run home run just erases all of that. Yep. Nobody cares that you had three strikeouts when you get a two run bomb suddenly, and from the night before, uh, Jordan Luplo stock going up. Um, so Indians, like I said, four zero, uh, top of the eighth there, bottom of the ninth. Uh, Jamer Condelario hits a leadoff single. Uh, that's followed by a Miggy walk. And with runners on first and second and one out, Jonathan Scope gets an RBI single to center field. That scores Condelario. And the Tigers uh, still trail Indians 4-1, and it stays that way. Um, final score here, Cleveland 4 on 7 hits and no errors. Detroit 1 run on 7 hits and 1 error. So, um, and storyline of this game, Aaron Savali lives rent free in the Detroit Tigers' head. Part owner, part owner. Yep. Uh, he minority is owner in, in seven starts, six and zero with a two point one nine ERA. <laughs> pretty good. <laughs> I'd be uh, so and, I'd be shaking in my boots. <laughs> yeah, and, and like you said, Aaron Savali is coming in this year hot. Um, he's outperforming what I thought he was going to be doing this year. Um, first American League pitcher to hit seven wins. Mm. Um, and you love to see it, uh, especially in a time where, like we said, Plesak's hurt, and Bieber hasn't really been the guy we wanted him to up to this point. But just wait till we talk about Bieber in two games. Yeah. Big old grin. Savali, though, gives you eight innings after the bullpen has to give you the third game of the Twin Series, the fourth game of the Twin Series, and then the day before, Henches only gives you five. So that's three days in a row where the bullpen's like, Coach, I don't know if I can go out here. You know, the arms except, hanging on the ground. Karen checks a crackhead, and I'm pretty sure that he doesn't need any type of rest to come out and pitch. Oh yeah, no, he doesn't care at all. But it seems just like he talk just, about he snorts pre workout in the bullpen before he comes out. I'm like ninety five percent sure. He is nuts. But Savali gives you eight innings on six hits, one earned run, one walk, six strikeouts. Mm, that is a spicy meatball. Okay. But yeah, Karen Check comes out for his first appearance and save opportunity after he blows the game uh, in the Twin Series finale two days before. So he comes in and strikes Nomar Mazzara, uh, strikes out Nomar Mazzara for the first out. Um, and there was a runner on second, I believe, uh, from Savali. He did come out in the ninth and uh, gave up a few. Uh, Gave up a RBI. It was a single and then a walk to Miggy, like I said. That's when Karen Check comes in with no outs, strikes out Nomar Mazzara, and gives up an RBI hit that's credited to Savali, obviously, inherited runners. Then he walks Akil Badu to load the bases. So that's a big yikes. Um, but he gets out of it. He strikes out Willie Castro for the second out, and then he gets Eric Haas to fly out uh, to right field, I believe, for the final out of the game. Two nights in a row, Eric Haas does that. This play what's, wasn't anything like Luplo. What's big before. is that uh, Savali got through eight innings on only 108 pitches. Mm, 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 mm. So he did and, come out for the ninth for two batters too. Yeah. Obviously, wish something happened there, but but still, like it, he, it's not like he's doing what Bieber does and throw in 120 pitches to get through it. He 
he threw relatively for for going eight and into the ninth. Uh, not that many pitches, so you're saving his arm a little bit. True. He he's just a a workhorse, an absolute workhorse. Um, Paul, we struck out 13 times in this game, though. Yep. So it's kind. Of, I feel like it's your catchphrase at this point. So you might as well just say it. Yeah. Uh, you got to put bat on ball. <laughs> like <he's> yeah. <laughs> 13 strikeouts, even though we got the win. Um, we're playing the Detroit Tigers. You kind of expect True. to win. So, True. 13 strikeouts, it, it's becoming a theme, and eventually we're going to stop getting lucky. True. Pitching. St- yeah. Yeah, pitching can't always be the thing that you just Especially abuse. with this injury bug. Um. You got to hit That's the ball. That's a lot of strikeouts. Hernandez had three. Luplo had three. Owen Miller had two. Uh, Chang won. Bowers won. And Hedges had two. That's not it. But And uh, speaking of Hedges, he's slowly becoming one of my favorite players on the Tribe right now, too. <laughs> Why is that? But we'll, we'll talk about that when we get to the news. Okay, okay. I honestly didn't know you felt that way, so in real time. I kept. I, I didn't put it in the notes to kind of keep it as a surprise. Ooh, get you a man that still surprises you years <laughs> later. Eddie gets two more hits in this one, just adding that there to, to spin a little web of a theme here. So game three, Urania versus Trista McKenzie, who we thought there might be a bullpen game on Wednesday. Uh, again, with Plesak... Going on the uh, on the uh, IL, and then just all the bullshit of injuries and just everything going on. It's a cluster. It's really hard to even keep straight. But they decide after they just sent him down, Tristan McKenzie was going to get brought up from AAA to start this game. So and he it would, didn't cost they, them anything to do. Yeah, it cost him nothing. It didn't cost him anything to do uh, because of the Plesac injury. He doesn't have to stay down there 10 days to come back up in, in this roster move. So that was nice. Tough on Tristan, right? But great to get the opportunity. Um, but yeah, a little jerking in all direction, a little bit of red and green light action on the, uh, on the stoplight of what he's doing. But honestly, Paul, he rises to the fucking occasion. And McKenzie. like we said, like we said last episode, right? You you, you hope that this call down, right? It, it some people would take it as bad news. You hope it motivates him to work harder, and uh, you hope he comes up. And uh, obviously, he's going back down again, um, and they're going to keep him down there to kind of work on some stuff. But hey, if this was a hint of what we're going to get in the future, then I'm glad Tito's doing it. Yeah, and hopefully this accelerates it because, you know, we come in, we won the first two. I think we're all holding our breath. Let's just not lie a little bit, but okay, you know, that puts him in a tough spot. Trying to get that, you know, three in a row in the the series win, you know, in the third game here. Uh, So here's the scoring summary. It's going to be real, real, real short. Bottom of the eighth. You heard that right. So Nico Goodrum doubles to start the inning. Uh, Jake Rogers lays down a sack bunt to move Goodrum over to third. Then Robbie Grossman hits a sack fly to center field. That scores Goodrum. Tigers go up 1-0, you know, in the bottom of the eighth frame. And that's all they needed. This one ends Cleveland, zero runs on four hits and no errors. 
Detroit, one run on three hits and no errors. But Tristan McKenzie T-Mac. goes five innings, five shutout innings, which is huge for him with, what, five strikeouts? And, and one hit, three walks. Three walks. Walks, not incredible. It is but the that, Tigers. But he but needed this. The, thing, he, he, the walks have been his issue. That's why we're sending him down. So, like, you don't want to expect the walks to be there, but... Look, five shutout innings from a guy that we sent down to AAA because he hasn't been performing. It's a bright he spot. Didn't even, he didn't even get to start in Columbus. It's been such a quick thing. Like, he yeah. was just in limbo. He probably never made it all the way down there. I'm I'm assuming he probably didn't even get all the way to Columbus. He probably didn't yeah. have to drive that far. He's probably in Akron or something. I think I read something on, on Reddit. Somebody said they saw him at one of the Rubber Ducks games just chilling in the stands. And that was, like, Monday or something. So. Yeah. Something tells me he didn't drive all the way down to Columbus yet. Um, and what's crazy is in this one, only seven strikeouts for the tribe. So a little over half of the strikeouts we had the game before, but weren't able to just... A little under, under half. Oh, sorry. No, you're right. A little more than half. Yeah, I know. I'm yeah. not that dumb. Sorry. You're not dumb at all. Uh, just because I didn't go to college doesn't mean I know math. <laughs> Nobody said that. But, uh, <laughs> but um, yeah, seven strikeouts. So significantly less strikeouts than the day before. So you, you, now that you're putting bat on ball, you hope that you start finding grass. This one was an interesting game because McKenzie. So it sucks, right? You lose one nothing to the Tigers. Uh, the good news is McKenzie, tough spot to be put in, and he rises to the occasion. And hopefully this accelerates where you're still going down, relax, right? And you know you just did it. Even if it's against the Tigers, these are major league hitters, period. Even the yeah. worst one is a major league team. That is well, impressive. Well, the thing is, Detroit still has, like, decent offense. Like, they still have some, yeah. still have some shooters. Yeah, I don't know about shooters, but, I mean, they, you know, they can score some runs, but... It, you know, you do put a little asterisk, but it's still a major league team. It doesn't matter. So good on him. Hopefully that accelerates the, I don't want to say relaxation, but, you know, the pressure. Okay, I just did it, right? Now I'm in AAA. It's not punishment. It's because he's going to be a huge part of our of our, our future and we need him. But So he gives us five, and then Quantrill comes in and gives us three innings. So he always yeah. was going to be like a long relief, borderline sixth, seventh, eighth, string kind of starter uh it's just that you know we got him in the trade and for for clevenger didn't really know what we were doing with them shortened season last year um you know things like that and coming in i thought you know we would eventually see him in that sixth spot and i do think they're stretching him out on purpose because he's supposed to be a decent starter he didn't have a great start to the year in the pen but now the era is 203 right and the stuff is looking better and and uh, I think he's going to get that shot. But he gives you three innings to follow up McKenzie. And uh, two hits, one earned run, no walks. Hell yeah. Four strikeouts. So it sucks that he gets pegged with a loss. Um, going, you know, giving you three innings, two hits, and one of them is a sack fly. But that's baseball, you know. So yeah. this is still a very good showing from him. Saves the bullpen. 
um, after, again, you know the bullpen's just dragging and what Savali did the night before, giving you eight innings. And then guess what? The next night, McKenzie gives you five and Quantrill, you just burn one person and that gets you through the eight frames. Um, yeah, because we couldn't do it there in the top of the ninth. So now the pen gets way more rest than I think anybody would have penciled in. And that is a huge thing that's a little thing, uh, a little narrative or small thing that you might not realize is a huge thing to give them some time to relax. (laughs) But again, storyline, the theme of this year, the offense just isn't doing their job. Uh, Owen Miller went two for three, and Eddie Eddie Rosario and Josh Naylor had a hit. But other than that... No other hits. (laughs) No other hits. Only three walks, or five walks, sorry, excuse me. And... um, like we said earlier, seven strikeouts. But we left ten runners on base. Which happens, just right? But in a 1-0 game where you didn't score the one run, that's a yikes. That's... Yeah, so the the our offense just isn't good. It's, it's dog shit. Especially with Fran Mill being out now. Um... Robo's out. Not that we'd maybe say that's an offensive piece, right? But it's just starting to add up. Now, Plesak yep. is on the IL. And then we learn. But yeah. um, here's the thing, though. We're, like we've been saying since episode two, uh, some of these young kids are starting to get called up. So you you hope that this brings some uh, some fire to to the batter's box, and uh, hopefully they start showing out. Catch some lightning in a bottle with somebody, which was kind of what we planned for all year, right? Is we're going to be good enough to hang around. My guess was 85-ish wins, and we knew the pitching would have to carry us. But I also knew, scary optimism of being a Cleveland sports fan, is that coin flip where there's so many question marks that we just haven't seen play out that we're now seeing play out that like if one of those lands, I guess we'll call heads better, you know, a couple of those coins land on heads. Okay, cool. You still got some shooters in the streets with Eddie, you know, Fran Meal, who unfortunately is out five to seven weeks and Jose and Cesar. There's still enough core there that like Josh Naylor breaks out, which he didn't have a good series. And we'll talk about that. But, you know, you get a couple of these pieces to fall in line and you get somebody that's a breakout that seizes the day, right, and their opportunity. And next thing you know, maybe we start pushing high 80s, you know, in the winds or something, and it gets a little more interesting. And that sets us up for next year to know what we can and can't count on. And so we don't want it to be via injury bug, but we're going to keep seeing some people here. And for better or for worse, it's probably better to just sort through the damn puzzle pieces so that we know yeah. what the yeah, fuck and, we're going to be. Get them, get them up here. Get them, some, get them some reps while you can. That way, in the future, when you do call them up, uh, they, they got at least a little bit under their belt and uh, hopefully perform. Yeah. So, um, sucks we lose game three. Uh, but, you know, series finale here. Looking for a series win. Uh, to take three out of four. It's going to be Bieber versus uh, Billy Bob Boyd. Billy Bob Boy Boyd, I think is what I said last time. Yeah. yeah. And uh, quick side note is before this game started, um, Tristan McKenzie does get option down Sunday. Uh, back to AAA. We knew that was going to happen. And we recall Bradley Zimmer 
from AAA for, I believe, the first time this year or first time in a while. I can't remember if he's been up here at yeah, all. since he got hurt real bad. Yeah. So, because he wasn't doing anything in the minors or at the alternate site. We talked about that in yeah. one of the very first episodes. Everybody was dog shit. And then lately, some people are warming up down there now in AAA, getting some more reps, right? Because last year was a weird year, and Zimmer's been out for, it seems like, forever trying to rehab. So he gets called up because a very late scratch in the game, Ahmed Rosario, um, was a really late scratch because this is a 110 start. Um, and so Yu Chang uh, replaces Rosario at shortstop. And so Ahmed didn't play Tuesday me, or right? Wednesday. So you have you have Owen Miller who played who's played shortstop. So why why not have Yu Chang go ahead be your DH and have Owen Miller play short? Because I feel like Owen Miller's more of a natural shortstop. Yeah, that is an interesting move. So um, and I, I get it. Like you you had your lineup set, so you're just gonna move Yu Chang to short. Um, and here's the thing: Yu Chang wasn't a liability at short, like. He didn't have any errors, so like it's not that big of a deal. But what I what I've noticed that Tito's doing is he's moving Owen Miller around a lot, and it seems like he's trying to find a spot where he fits in best. Um, yeah. And I'm gonna be honest, uh, the game where he played short and we had Eddie out in left field, I like that lineup a lot. Yeah. It seems like Owen Miller is very comfortable in the middle infield. Um, between short and second, because that's what he is uh, by trade. Um, I will say I don't like him playing third and having Jose DH. I get it, because Jose's your best batter. But um, it's a special breed up the middle. to DH. Oh. If you're truly yeah. going to be a DH, if you're not just using it as like a little placeholder to give someone a break, because there's a whole thing about, you know, it's hard when your only job, you know, in a Fran meal thing is to hit. So when things aren't going yeah. well, guess what? You don't get some great picks at you know at third base, you know, in, in Jose's to, to to get the confidence going, right? Like I'm still yeah. doing it on the other side of the ball. It is tough to be well, like. And what's what's crazy in, in in sports in general, but specifically baseball, right? Is it's hard to fall out of the flow of the game when all you're doing is hitting, um, and it, it feels like you're only in half of the game because you are. You're not playing defense. So you, it, it it you have to be built kind of different, which Fran Mill is. Yeah. And Fran Mill does it well, um, but Owen Miller seems like too much of a gifted athlete to just have him DH. Yeah, just, just from just from the little bit that we've seen from him, um, he's he uh, he seems like he's going to be exciting to watch. I agree. I, I do wonder if part of this is, listen, we talked about Yu Chang. I did, right? I screamed, used profanity, used a lot of stats. Right now, you know, we got some bodies hurt and things going on. But Bobby Bradley is hitting down there. Bowers is a good defensive first baseman, better than Chang. Owen Miller's up here. There, there's still too many puzzle pieces of some young guys getting chances. I wonder if it's just kind of final call on Yu Chang, right, before maybe he goes back down to see him play some defense and see if that gets it going. This is pure speculation, right? And part of it was, again, Ahmed Rosario 
I misspoke earlier. I mentioned he was out Tuesday and Wednesday. He was hit by that pitch late in the game on Tuesday. He didn't play Wednesday in a late scratch for the series finale on Thursday. And so that also, I could be reading into it too much, but I screamed at length. You know what I mean, Paul? Like, and (laughs) now's when the the pieces are shuffling. Eventually, he's going to get sent down because Andres Jimenez is cooking down in AAA. And you know how I felt about him getting sent down. That swap could be coming, and he's a fucking shortstop. So if Ahmed, God forbid, goes on the IL, um, which we really hope doesn't happen... The game of musical chairs, the music's about to stop, and Yu Chang's lowest on the totem pole. And so, I again, I could be overreading into it, but I wouldn't hate that, right? It's it's time. So, anyway, top of the first of this one, Jose singles with two outs, and Harold Ramirez again, Paul. Harold Ramirez, man, I'm saying his name so much. Mm. He doubles, and that scores Jose. So, Indians go up 1-0 early. We've talked about it at Nausea. It's always good when we score first. Good things happen. Top of the sixth, Jose again doubles to start the inning, followed by another Harold Ramirez RBI single. Indians go up 2-0. Then, Eddie Rosario hits a two-run blast to right field on a 2-0 count. That's his first since May 3rd, Paul. We talked about it last episode. We need some production, not just suffer stats, even though he hasn't been hitting that much. Indians now go up 4-0. Let's go, Eddie. Bottom of the seventh, Jonathan Scope hits a solo shot. That breaks up Bieber's no-no bid. Indians still are up 4-1, though. And then in the top of the ninth with two outs, Harold Ramirez walks. Eddie Rosario hits a double down the left field line, just beautifully, just paints it right down there, just by a hair. Harold Ramirez hauls ass, Paul. He goes first to home on this, and the Indians extend their lead to 5-1, that's all they needed to get the series win and win on Sunday. Three of four from the Tigers, doing what we should. So score it. Indians, five runs on eight hits, no errors. Detroit, two runs on only three hits and one error. Yeah, but the storyline of this, uh, Shane Bieber gives you seven innings uh, of one-hit baseball with only one earned run, and he had a no-hitter going through six. True. So, so, and a dozen, a dozen strikeouts to get the dub. You like to see him getting back to, uh, get back to Bieber status. This was a status. So one hit, four walks across seven innings and the one earned run on the solo shot with a dozen strikeouts. But listen, that's a sub one whip and that is way more what Bieber does, right? Um, this is absolutely wonderful. And he threw 103 pitches in this one, and that's way better production than the five and a third, five and two thirds. I mean, just he was cruising. Um, he was all smiles coming out for the top of the seventh. Or, I'm sorry, bottom of the seventh uh, with the no no and scope first hitter hits that solo shot. Um, but in this game, he becomes the fastest pitcher in all of baseball to 100 strikeouts this season, which holy yep. shit. And. He also, in this game, reached 600 career strikeouts. And he did that faster than any other pitcher in Indians history. But even more impressive, that is the third fastest to 600 career strikeouts in MLB since 1900. So the third fastest since 1900. Which, for all intents and purposes, I'm not saying that sub-1900 right baseball doesn't count. But let's... 
let's just kind of call that third fastest and obviously modern day and even more right uh history mlb holy crap that's a benchmark yeah. you hang that one it's on impre- the mantle it's impressive yeah and uh, he he did an interview after the game, and they they asked him if he knew he was had a no hitter, and he's like, "Of course I knew I had a no hitter. That's why you you saw me come out smiling." And he goes, "It, it feels good because you're new, nor, normally I give up a hit in the first inning and get the stress out of the way early, but um, you like to see it. You like you like to see Bieber come out and uh, kind of have a bounce back game." Yeah, this was Bieber status, right? This is what he does. It doesn't always have to be a no-no through six, but that line is ace, you know, status when you look at it. Yeah, I mean, anytime you get 12 strikeouts. (laughs) Yeah, give you seven innings, uh, you know, protect the bullpen again. Shaw gives you an inning. Uh, Another hit and a walk for him, but no damage done. Uh, That's his seventh hold of the season. And then Karinchek comes out. And he's still a little on the rocky front a little bit. He goes to get the save. He blows his own save opportunity. Not the game because we were up, you know, 5-0, I think, going into it. Or uh, 5-1, sorry. Uh, So he gives up a run. You can't create your own save situation. But he gives up a hit and a walk. Strikes out two. But gives up a run again. So not what we want to see there either. And he was pissed because, again, he's a crackhead. Uh, as soon as he got out of it and, you know, they, we won the game, so it wasn't a big deal. But <laughs> you could just see him. Uh, you could just see him. Just he, he comes out to the, the catcher and you see him like, fuck! And he's just like, fuck! And he's like punching his glove and he's just so mad. And it's like, dude, it's going to be it's gonna be okay. So we want to see him get back to domination there. Um, so, you know, no punishment. Um but yeah. Um, but Bradley Zimmer went 0 for 2 with a walk and a hit by pitch. Um, so again, this was his first game back up. So as we saw with Owen Miller, right? It, it takes you a couple games to kind of get back into that rhythm because it is a different ball game between AAA and the majors. So um, you like to see that he walked because that tells you he's seen the ball well, um, which was a trouble, big problem for him. Last year, whenever he was up here, he just, like, could not see the ball at all. Like, it was like Um, he was playing a different sport. But scary news, Harold Ramirez got uh, hit by a pitch in the hand. But right after Ahmed Rosario um, gets hit on Tuesday, and then um, going on the I.L. with that, and then Luplo looks like he's heading to the I.L. too um, with an ankle injury that's been bothering him since spring training. You, You hope that... Um, Harold's going to be there for the Toronto series and he doesn't go on the aisle as well. Luckily he stayed in the game, but there was, there was a shot there. Uh, you know, he was pissed. It hit him and it wasn't intentional, but he like threw his bat down and you could tell he like screamed and he was walking around and he had a blister on, I think it was his ring finger. Oh my God. I mean, it literally looked like someone hit it with a hammer. It was like black and blue and a bubble on top of it. He stays in the game. He's a tough SOB. But the, uh, well, the, the worst spot to get hit is that wrist or the hand because that's what's on the bat. So it gets it gets pinched against the bat, and the wrist oh. is just a – that's all bone right there. So that hurts. Um, and obviously the elbow. That's why they have the – they made the, the elbow guards there. Um, but still, you – you like to see him stay in the game, um, and he, that just seems like his type of personality where he just seems like a, a 
tough motherfucker. But um, he looks like he beat your ass. He's yeah. got this face where he just does not look nice. <laughs> like, yeah, I would um, not piss him off. But good news, Eddie had a day, two for four with a home run and three RBIs. I know, and a walk. <laughs> Hell of yeah. a series. But uh, so why don't we go ahead and get to who's hot and who's not? Tell me, Paul. Give me some good news. Um, well, I'm gonna be honest with you. There's not much of good news to have here. Well, you mean uh, our bats aren't scorching <laughs> hot? What? Um, the only person that's kind of heating up right now is Harold Ramirez. Um, again, in the Tiger series, four for fifteen, two runs, three RBIs, a walk, and two strikeouts. Um, and then last seven games, uh, three thirty three average, and um. You like to see that average boost up. I mean, he's in the ball a third of the time, and in baseball, it's all you got to do. True. He's still not a ton of stats in that, but the line's good. 333, 385, 500, slugging 885 OPS. So those are those doubles and stuff in there. So yeah. warming up. Warming um, up. But... Bad news is we're going to go ahead and have to take Cesar. And uh, we won't say he's cold, but we're definitely taking him off of the uh, warm-up watch. Because uh, Batten won 43 in the last seven games. Yeah, he didn't have a great series. He had that one home run, but he looked lost. Like, I watched you know the games, and he just looked... He had a lot of strikeouts, but it just he he just looked lost when he was stepping up there. There was no like confidence, right? And it's just I think that was his only hit of the game. Yeah, his only hit of the whole series was that home run. Yep. So he made it count, but the other stuff, the body language, the strikeouts, it's just like he was not feeling it. But some good news, right? Um, Tristan McKenzie bounces back. We had him on our not hot list. Um, Take him off. Yeah, he had he had a game. We talked about it already. Those five innings with five shutout innings. Um, and then also, good news, like to see it. Eddie Rosario, we're going to take him off the not hot list. Four for 13 um, in the Tiger series. Or, sorry, Twin series. But then seven for 15 in the Tiger series. Uh, with a home run, two runs, five RBIs, two walks, and only one strikeout. And in a narrative that we've been spinning about... Uh, the tribe striking out a whole bunch. You like to see only one strikeout from Eddie Rosario in a series. So, um, but bad news because we stand Josh Naylor. He's got to go on the not hot list here. No, no, yeah. no. He he deserves it, but one it just it pains for me. Eleven in the Tiger series, but last seven games batting one thirty. Three for 23, only one RBI, two walks, but six strikeouts and 23 appearances. A 200 on base in the last seven games. Yikes. A 130 slugging. A slugging? So all singles. All three were singles then. A 330 OPS. That is dog shit. Dog shit. Absolute dog shit. Can Can we talk about... I know we were talking about Eddie. But... Is he going to go from who's not to the who's hot? 
He's that's your call. You tell me. I mean, that's that's a series seven for fifteen. It is, but but after I think we had him on the who's not and back to back episodes. So I think he has to be on the heating up. Okay, for but if he episodes. does even decent in the Jays series, he 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 goes off the the warming plate, right? Yeah, he goes right in that oven. Yeah, one hundred percent. I agree with you. So a lot of people taking off. Ahmed has to come off. Cesar comes off the who's hot. That's not good. Harold Ramirez is just warming up. We said Eddie is off the who's not. So that's good. And he's warming up, we'll say. T-Max off of the who's not, so that's good. But Josh Naylor goes on. Yep. That, there's a lot going on there. We just need to play better. But AL Central, first and foremost, um, White Sox still first place, 29-20. and 20. Uh, They're 5-5 five and five in their last 10, and they won on, on Thursday. We're in second place, 27 and 21, game and a half behind, six and four in our last 10, and obviously won the series and won the, the fourth game here on Thursday. Here's what's frustrating it is like almost out of a movie that we continue when they lose, we lose. When we win, they win. I mean, it's, it's like not even funny. It's crazy. We've had chances. They're five and five in their last 10. But guess what? And we lose the Cardinals, and the Cardinals are a squad. They are, and they every time they lose, we lose, and it's just we could be in first place or damn near it. So that but that's we're still frustrating. Half back. I know we're still in it. You know, it just sucks when you can't get a little bit of luck, which just happens. You know, that's that's part of baseball too. So Kansas City though is still in third place, twenty three and twenty five. They're five and a half games back. Um, from the White Sox, so four games behind us. They're six and four in their last ten, so they're playing a little bit better. And that's after they dropped their last two in a row. So you know, don't care too much there. But Minnesota, though, does move into fourth place. Um, they're twenty and twenty nine, so they're still nine games behind the White Sox and seven and a half games behind us. So again, uh, suck it. They're seven and three in their last ten, and they've won four in a row though. So they're starting to piece it together, and they need to rip off a bunch of wins here. Um, we contributed to part of that because uh, of yeah, the series before taking three from the Tigers. Yeah. Well, I was just saying because we lost the series oh, yeah. to them, but then they won the next three. So uh, Detroit, and this is also because of <laughs> this one's because of us. So they're in last place now. Uh, they are 19 and 31. Again, fall. That's where they're going to be. Um, they're 10 and a half games back. We're nine games ahead of them. They're five and five in their last 10. And obviously, we took three or four from them. So, <laughs> you're welcome, Detroit. So, kind of same as usual, except for fourth and fifth place spots swapping there. And uh, you know, I don't think it'll be too long, probably, before Minnesota will leapfrog Kansas City. It's going to take a little bit, uh, but. You know, that in all reality, we knew they were going to come up. It's just fun that they were in the basement there for a while. Yep. So we'll have to um, see. But getting into the news, right? Yeah, I told we got you a lot. I, had, I told you I had some stuff about Hedges that I saw that made him be start, slowly become some of my uh, one of my favorite players, right? Uh, last episode, I talked about how it seemed like he wasn't as good of a game manager as Robo. 
mm-hmm. I was way wrong. Hedges has, I think, out of everybody on our team, from what I've seen, right, just from mm-hmm. uh, interviews and stuff that I've watched, has his finger on the pulse of baseball the best. He had an interview um, where they were asking him why the game of baseball has changed so much from uh, why it's so much like sinker cutter now. Um, And he's talking about how as batters evolve, pitchers evolve to counteract it. And there's this big back and forth. And he's talking about why um, he, he when he goes to the mound and talks to pitchers or when he's working bullpens or when he's at practice with these guys, right? He tells them that as long as the slugging percentage is down, that's all that he cares about. Because if a batter gets a single, which nobody tries to do anymore, right? Everyone's yeah. trying to hit that home run because the four-seamer is so prevalent right now. And people are hitting the shit out of the ball. Because it went from in the early 2000s to like 2014, 15, 16, right? Mm-hmm. That that curveball, those breaking balls were massive. But then as that started getting bigger, right? Hitters started realizing, well, this is how you hit those. And then now pitchers counteract that. Well, like, well, if you guys are going to sit breaking balls and you're going to learn how to hit that, now we're going to bring that four seamer and that cutter and um, the fastballs back. So, but now they're starting to hit that. But since they're not hitting those breaking balls, which are more, most likely going to be base hits, doubles, right? You're not going to hit a, a breaking ball as far. Um, batters aren't trying to hit singles, but he wants to keep that sucking down because if you hit a single, right? Now you got to hit two, maybe three more to even score one run. So, um, he had this whole interview where he was talking about the evolution of baseball and how everything's going. And from that interview, you can tell that he's just a student of the game. And uh, that's the definition of a catcher. I learned a lot there. <laughs> I really yeah. did. I mean, we we know how to pick catchers on the defensive game-calling side. As much as we're a pitching factory, I swear, our defensive catching... Uh, mindset and you know just the way that we draft and who we have up here is what we do best yep so they um, make a more of an impact than we ever give credit for 100 and catchers the unsung heroes of baseball um and i will always say that the hardest position to play by far yep um but we already talked about it zach please set going on the il and I don't know how much I believe this, but they're saying he broke his thumb while yeah, taking Tito. his shirt off. His uh, yeah. taking his shirt off aggressively. It got Come caught on, on a chair at his locker. You shouldn't believe it at all. It's complete bullshit. That's not what happened. Protect your clubhouse, right? I get it, but also. Not that I think Tito's mad, but bullshit. Like, that's not what happened. Um, You don't really break your thumb by punching unless you really, really don't know how to punch, which who knows. But my guess is Zach super pissed about his last start where he went like three and two-thirds and got pulled and just could not 
you know, they were seeing him. Like, they knew everything that was coming. And he got pissed, okay, that happens. And he did something. It wasn't taking off his shirt aggressively and getting it caught on a chair or something, which still doesn't make sense. But he did something he shouldn't have, and he broke his right, right thumb. Yeah, and uh, at a time where we have so many people going on the IL, you can't have that, especially with your number two. And McKenzie already flip-flopping because he needs to figure it out. Yep. So now our rotation is Bieber, Savali, Henches, blank, blank. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So painful to be a Cleveland Indians fan. So I think I saw something five to seven weeks roughly, but they're going to look at him week week by week basis. But luckily Mm -hmm. it was just no surgery needed and a non-displaced fracture. So week by week they'll be able to see and have him build up. But this is just stupid. This is, I think, being young, not controlling your emotions. Everybody gets pissed, and whatever it's, happened... It's not as bad as uh, slicing your hand with a drone during the playoffs, but it's still pretty bad. True. At least that was truly an accident. This is just a rage, and something happened that he broke his thumb, and now you really put your team in a bad spot. Again, Especially on top of... at a time where... Both Shane Bieber and Aaron Savale are on the top five list for the most pitches thrown per start. And Shane Bieber is the number one ahead of Trevor Bauer, Zach Wheeler, and Carlos Rodon. Yeah. 106.4 for Bieber. And then in fifth, Savale with 100.4 averaging per start. And it's it's crazy because our bullpen is so good that they're throwing that many pitches. Which I get I get at the beginning of the season, right? Shane Bieber was so dominant, so you want to keep him in there because he's performing. But 106 on average. And now you just put even more pressure. With Luckily, Zach the bullpen's been incredible. But you're already down Robo. You're down Franmil. And Plesak, all three of those people still have five to seven weeks. We'll just round it up a little bit. Yep. Luplo is very likely going on the IL. It's not formal yet, but all the beat writers are saying um, this, you know, his uh, ankle has been bothering him since spring training and nursing it. So that sucks. Ahmed, we don't know yet, but again, he was scratched uh, from Wednesday and Thursday after that hit by pitch. So hopefully he doesn't have to go uh, on the IL as well. And then, again, quick recap, McKenzie's back in AAA, Logan Allen didn't pan out, and Hedges is still a wild card. Henches, excuse me, is still a wild card every time he goes out there. He's not like that. We really have two true starters that we know we can lean on, and then three, four, five is, you know, Henches is giving you a chance to win, but his next start could be a dud in the one. I I hope not, but I mean, like, we have two that you pencil in, basically. It's a very good possibility that it's a dud. Um. And they're gonna have they're gonna continue to do weird transaction roster stuff, yeah. Including, um, I saw something right before we started recording because I I had a hunch and I want to you know I talked about Quantrill right where basically yeah they're probably gonna give him a start here soon because that's kind of what he was envisioned for 
um, in after we received him in that trade. He's just so young, and we didn't have room back when we first got him, and then the weird season, and you know everything like that. That, but now we're going to let him develop into that. So Hench's Quantrill, McKenzie maybe comes back up. Um, Morgan that we called up from AAA. Yeah, Eli Morgan will be on uh, today's game Friday. Uh, although I think it's going to get rained out, like we talked about. It's supposed to rain literally all day in Cleveland, so we'll see. But he gets called up from AAA. So I can't even keep all this straight in my mind, right, where everybody is and isn't. You're going to see some really interesting transaction stuff continue to unfold. And what's, yeah. they're going to throw some stuff at the wall. What sticks, sticks. But this is where the pitching factory and hopefully having the talent in AAA, and hopefully McKenzie figures it out quick, not to put pressure, but... We're gonna need him. Like we're we're just we're, we're gonna need arms. <laughs> like we have yeah. to have them. Because your your bullpen can only do so much before their arms fall off. And thank God they rested so much in this series too, right? Where they can buy you some time. Like get this is where it all is. It's a marathon, not a sprint. That's what makes baseball terrifying and beautiful. The best teams are there in October to play. It's not by a fluke. 162 games. It is a marathon that you have to pace so it all rolls up together and um yeah the transaction stuff is just nuts but yeah eli eli's coming up for today's start if it happens uh yep the first opener. Um, and then also bobby bradley gets called up we've been wanting to see him well no not called up yet they're just teasing us a little bit he was pulled before the game yesterday so that means I think big big daddy Bobby, and especially with Framiel, right? Yeah. He could play the DH. Let's go. Yeah. Um but on a very happy note, right? Huge shout out to Tito. Seven hundred wins with mm. the tribe. Mm-mm. Third all time? Yep, third all time. Love to see it. Huge congratulations. Seven hundred wins. That's Big stepping stone. He's so, a Hall of uh, Fame manager already. He just needs yep. to retire. <laughs> and he's only needs 21 more to take uh, to pass Mike Hargrove. And, and well, 22 more. And then, yeah, t- sorry, more. 22 more to pass, 29 more to one all time yep. over Lou Boudreau. Yep. So he's going to get it this year. Yeah, this year he'll be the winningest Indians manager ever. Yep. And Tito, we trust. He's a goat. Yeah. Um, and then also on a happy note, Andreas Jimenez, right? Popping off in AAA. Five-game hitting streak right now. Betting 429 with a mm. 455 OBP. Mm. He has three doubles and 21 appearances. Two RBIs and a walk. Five game, five game hitting streak. Yep. Yeah. And again, I know how upset I was, and so I won't. But hell yeah, that's all I'm gonna say. Hey, I still surprised, but get him back up here, hopefully sooner rather than later. And we may see Bobby become the DH. It hasn't been official yet, but they pulled him before, and he's not injured. So you know, read the tea leaves. Um, I can't even keep it all straight, all the crap going on right now with the pitchers and Zimmer was up here and Ahmed. It just, so much is going to unfold in the next day or two with, you know, if Ahmed is or isn't hurt and Luplo and all that, but Bobby probably is going to be your DH 
and hopefully here soon uh, Jimenez comes back up. But like I said, Eli coming up and, um, you know, he's going to have game one. So we got the Blue Jays here, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Um, Mor- Eli Morgan versus Ryu, who is an ace. Uh, he's 4-2 and two on the year with a 2-5-3 ERA. This is a 7-10 start if it happens. Again, the rain. And Eli will make his uh, Major League debut. Quick scouting report. Um, he's not an, uh, a flamethrower by any means. He, But he commands really, really well. So a little, little Josh Tomlin action out there, right? You just paint the corners. Ooh, a, a good throwback there. Yeah, you like that? Mm. <laughs> uh, he doesn't have the uh, mullet, but... Uh, Low 90s fastball, and he has a well above average fading changeup is what I'm seeing here in an average slider. So, um, But apparently he's got a very distinct feel for his entire arsenal. So he throws everything with great command, and he his last start uh, last week was uh, six innings, two hits, no runs, two walks, and six strikeouts. Only 82 pitches to do that, so... Come up here and just get after it, kid. Uh, so we need him to succeed. And then on Saturday's game, that's going to be a 4-10 start. And that's going to be Ross Stripling, who is 0-3 with a 5-6-3 ERA bum, uh, versus Henches, who's 1-1 with a 6-2-0 ERA, which is higher than Daddy Stripling. Daddy Longlegs. Daddy Longlegs. I won't call him a bum, even though um, the ERA is higher. So um, that'll be interesting to see. You know, not exactly two aces out there, but hopefully Henches can still give us a chance to win. And, you know, they the Blue Jays have shooters in the streets. So we got to be careful. Jr. Yes, Slim Daddy Vladdy. Uh, and then Sunday's game is a 1-10 start. That's going to be Stephen Matz. He's 6-2 on the year with a 4-2-8 ERA versus little baby Kluber, uh, Aaron Savali. 7-1. 3.04 ERA. Hopefully he does what he can. We know he's capable of doing. Um, Jays come in, Paul, 25 and 24. They're coming in. They're limping. They're three and seven in their last ten. But again, their biggest issue. They're kind of like the Angels, pitching subpar, not standing up. Although they do every you, uh, but they have shooters in the streets. And Slim Daddy Vladdy is popping the fuck off. Just he, they smoking. Are... The baseball. A lot like the Angels. They have one phenomenal pitcher. Just The, the Angels have Shohei, and um, Toronto has Ryu. Um, it just so happens that the, the Jays' best hitter is Vlad Jr., but the Angels' best hitter is also Shohei Otani. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, but they are a lot like... Uh, the Angels, and we played well against the Angels, so hopefully that translates over, especially when uh, the Blue Jays are coming in kind of, uh, like you said, limping. limping. Um, they're in a tough also, division. They're, they're, coming, they're coming off of losing a series, and we're coming off of winning a series, so you hope you can ride that high in um, and uh, take this one too because all you got to do is win series. And they played a doubleheader. Uh, yesterday, just again, seven innings, but still, they played 14 innings yesterday against the Yankees, and they split that. Um, but there's a lot of talent on this team. Just a quick rundown. Yeah. Usually, we don't go this much, but th- there's a lot of young star power on this. I mean, they are a, a sexy team yeah. in just 
being Boba very Shep attractive. One of, the, one of the most attractive players in Major League Baseball. <laughs> Would you say Boba Shet? Yeah, I fucking love Boba Shet. Yeah, he's got that. He's got that flow. He's got some great hair. Um, but Marcus Semyon plays second for them uh, on a one-year deal, and he's warming up finally. Two eighty-eight average. Boba Shet, shortstop, young, just. He's a dog, man. I, yeah. I don't want to say great value Tatis because I don't want to disrespect him, but I mean, just think of that young ceiling is unlimited. And I mean, yeah. he's great. He's 272 on the year. Guerrero, 333. And good Lord, he just beats the crap out of the ball. Teoscar Hernandez is batting 313. Randall Gritchick, 278. Um, then go down here a little bit. Uh, yeah, their catcher sucks, Danny Jansen. I dropped him from my fantasy team, you fucking bum. You were costing me, batting 139 on the year. I don't know who you think you are. But um, I, there is a lot. And I guess uh, George Springer must still be hurt. I, I should know this, but he they picked him up and gave him a bag in the offseason, a big one. And he should be there batting either leadoff or, um, you know, three three or four in that lineup, but Vladdy's got 16 home runs. That leads all of baseball. 41 RBIs in a 1.1 OPS. Oh, my God. Yep. Excuse me, sir. This is a Wendy's. Yeah. So, you know, the record, don't let it fool you. They play in that very tough AL East where the Red Sox have been popping off all year and way overperforming what anybody thought. The Yankees were slow to start. They were, you know, they're all like, "Yeah, we're gonna burn the city down and all that shit." But they're 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 playing way better. Um, the Rays just popped off for eleven in a row. Yeah. So, um, Tampa the record twenty five and twenty four, and they're limping. Tampa Bay's but- my favorite to win the World Series this year. So, if, yeah, the Blue Jays play in a very tough division. They do. That's a garbage take, by the way. Um, but we'll agree to disagree. I like the Rays a lot. Oh, I like them too. I want to see them perform, but I don't know about the World Series. So, again, we come in 27-21, 6-4 in our last 10. We beat up the Tigers like we were supposed to, and the keys to this are just going to be capitalized on the poor pitching um, because they're going to score some runs, and that's kind of the other one is just don't get annihilated by that potent lineup because it can happen quickly. So our pitching needs to hold up. And then capitalize on the subpar uh, pitching and score early because again, it just—it's always fun to play from ahead, and and we do a lot better under those circumstances. So, that's what I got. What do you think? Um, I'm not gonna lie, Toronto scares me. They have yeah a lot of offense, and we have zero offense. So, hopefully our pitching can shut them down. Um, but the bad news is Bieber isn't going to be pitching. Yeah. Savali is, and Savali's been popping off. Um, but uh, Toronto scares me. Yeah. So. By the way, George Springer's been on the 10-day IL with a right quad strain since May 5th. So. Okay. Clearly, that's taken a little bit longer because I know he got hurt in spring training and then he was out for the whole first month. And then they activated him and then put him right back on like a week later in early May. So that's what's that's what's going on there. But 
don't want anybody to be hurt, but that's one less shooter. So yeah. <laughs> he could destroy you. But anyway. All right. Thanks so much for listening. If you like what you hear, please subscribe. Leave us a review and be sure to follow us on Twitter at 216BaseballPod. And if there's anything that you would really like to hear, please make sure to leave feedback on wherever you listen to this. And we'll be back on Tuesday to give you an update on this Blue Jays series that hopefully the Indians will sweep. Go Tribe. Go Tribe, baby.